welcome to the reconnect podcast where we do not believe all phones should be destroyed but rather we believe in a more balanced life coexisting with these devices so welcoming this week's wonderful guests i'm speaking with my burning man camp leader actually and an overall delightful human sephra welcome thank you for having me sean it's an honor to be here yes i'm so glad to have you so um, we had a brief phone call earlier discussing some ideas that we were thinking about talking today. And one of the things that I heard you say that really fa was fascinating to me was this overall feeling that things were different before smartphones and social media. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. Um, so just to give everyone a little bit of context, I'm 40 years old. Um, so meaning that like my generation was kind of like at the cusp between not having technology and the internet and these devices so readily available in our hands um, to then being kind of like, you know, big wave of people that embraced a lot of this technology. And uh, growing up, um, like we, we always knew that the future was near, you know, and uh, when we would watch uh, futuristic films in the 80s about what the future would look like, they always showed that one day we would have what we're doing right now, which is, you know, like a video conference call, and we'd be able to see each other while we spoke, you know, and things like the iPhone, where you'd be also be able to take calls and send like little messages right. through, your, through your watch, um, you know, was, was another one of these things that were like, well, one day in the future, that's going to happen. And we all knew right. that it would happen eventually. Um, and then it did come to, to fruition, you know, but back in, in the days of, of my childhood and teenage years, you know, like having a phone was having technology, you know? Um, so it was just a landline, a, a, a landline exactly. Not, not a cell phone. And if you had a wireless phone, you know, to like run around the house and, you know, that was pretty cool that most of the phones had a, a cord um a little coiled up cord on them and uh you know in my time too like i saw the transition between rotary phones are you, are you familiar with the rotary phone yeah the one where you go and you like spin the wheel and you let it go and you spin the wheel and you let it go exactly um so we we transitioned from that into just like the digital push phones um and then eventually the, the cordless phones and then came beepers which is a rather antiquated form of technology now by today's standards, where you could send someone a message to, to a, like a phone number and you would send them codes. So you would need like a little cheat sheet to be able to decipher what they were trying to tell you because you only sent numeric messages. You couldn't right. actually send someone a message like call me back. You know, so, this is stuff. So. Like so it was like the early form of texting. Technology was so different and almost like less accessible. Like it wasn't, it wasn't constantly a part of, you know, it's not sitting in your pocket, just waiting to be used like it is now. So like, what was it about those times that was so different comparatively, like not having these devices be so constant in, you know, communicating with other people, like overall, you said, I remember you saying there's just different type of feeling or a different type of way that people act and interact like what about that time before phones was different as far as interacting goes 
you know, like you, you wouldn't even call your friend's house. Sometimes you would just show up to their house and knock on the door and, you know, be like, hello, Mrs. Joy, is Sean there? Can he come up to play? <laughs> right. and, and then your mom would take advantage of the fact that, you know, I'd be there to come and hang out with you to be like, yes, Sean is here and he's available to come out and ha hang out, but he needs to do these tours first. So if you want to help him, you know, then you guys can go ahead and do this together and then you can go out and, you know, like hang out and do whatever you want to do. And it's yeah. cool. Um, so it was a nice surprise sometimes to all of a sudden have a friend pop by that wanted to hang out with you right. and then have, have your mom, you know, like delegate chores to both of you that you would now share because there was a vested interest in wanting to hang out and not, you know, like having made the, the trip, you know, on your bike or on the bus to your right. friend's house in vain. Um and obviously, if you wanted to plan a little bit more ahead, you could call them. And sometimes you would call your friends, but their mom or someone would be on the phone for hours. And this is before there was this thing called call waiting. So before, whenever you would call someone, they would they would have no idea that you were calling. Like, like you would just get, you would, you know, the person that called would receive that the line was busy, but right. there would be no way for the other person to know to call you back. So you would have to just keep calling back and being like, did you finish it off? Did they get off the phone yet? You know, like right, right, right. And and then eventually when they they added the new technology of a uh, call ID, you could yeah. see who was calling you. And you know, like even you know, like people could leave you messages and you'd be like, Oh, okay, you know, like I have to go ahead and return right. this call. But for quite some time it was it was just like a mystery. Like you never knew who was gonna be on the other end of the line. You right. know, and and it was a nice surprise. You'd have to take risks. You know, yeah, I feel like I, our phones like screen our phone calls, so it even tells you like when you when it thinks that it's going to be um, a type of robocall or you know right. like spam calls. Spam calls, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I think I think that what you when you talk about like having a friend just come by, just come by your house, you know, you don't expect it, and they just come by to see you, and it's like I, I feel like that strikes me as like it's almost like getting mail addressed to your name it's like it's just this rush of like oh my gosh like they're here to hang out with me you know like I feel like it just makes you feel good and then you guys get to do this thing together where you're doing chores in order to hang out and I feel like like that surprise is so such a delightful way to hang out with a friend you know and um that just doesn't happen anymore you know it's it's like less of a less of a in-person effort you know that where, where it does feel good to have that person just already there just to see you you know that's different yeah, and I, and, sure and I feel like one of the things that I really miss now is that before you know you know there used to be those days where your friends would just show up and yeah. and then that you know like started to kind of like fade away a little bit and it became like your friends would call you up you know like to make sure that they wouldn't make the trip to your house in vain because you right. might be out about already mm -hmm. and now I feel like people are almost afraid of directly calling someone else and they'll send a text message first to to kind of like get an okay if it's okay to call you. Um, and I don't know if you feel that same way too, but I feel like I do. Like everyone schedules a call now as opposed to just picking up and calling. Um, and it's nice sometimes just to receive a call randomly from a friend with no no uh, like no idea, you know, like oh, you know, so and so right. just called me, you know, like and you know sometimes you know so and so maybe around the corner um and they just want to stop by and say hi like and right. I feel like you know depending on where people grew up like this is still kind of common like I have a a friend um named Misha 
and he's Ukrainian. And he's the only friend I have that will spontaneously and randomly just show up at my door and knock on my door. And he does this while riding his, like he'll ride his bike from Fort Lauderdale, which is a 40 minute drive from Miami. And he'll do a bike ride from Fort Lauderdale and then just show up to my door, knock on the door and see if I'm there. And, you know, luckily like every time that he's done this, I've, I've happened to be home. Yeah. Um, but it's, and it's always such a nice surprise that even if I do have plans, I'm like, all plans are getting canceled. Misha is here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And that's so, there's just a level of that surprise. And I've, I've talked about that um, to some other people on the podcast because there's ways to get kind of glimpses of that in this new present reality that is full of, you know, just texting or just social media or Snapchat or all this stuff rather than getting a call or just running into a friend. And one of the ways that people experienced that was there's this group of friends that was a big, a big level of involvement in the reconnect Rollins club this past semester. And they had this whole friend group and it was centered around this gazebo that was at the back of the campus. It's like, this little outcropping um, right on uh, off the lake behind this big art museum building. So it's kind of like its own little spot. And there's this nice little gazebo with like benches all around and they would all hang out there and they'd go on at night and like play music because they all like have guitars and they have a band and they would like dance and they had Christmas lights up in the gazebo and all this stuff. But the gazebo became this like spot for them, you know, like they would just go there randomly throughout their day, whether it's to study, whether it was to just catch some breath, just think, just go there to draw, go there to play some music. And then it created this dynamic of, oh, well, I'm chilling at the gazebo, but someone else just happened to walk up to the gazebo to do this other thing. And then you run into a friend and it's like this awesome surprise where you're like happy to see the other person. You get to see the smile on the other person's face of like looking up and seeing you there, you know? And it's like, just instantly, like, like you said, like canceling all plans, we're hanging out. Like, I'm so good to see you, you know, and that form of connection is, is, is outdated. It's, it's, it's almost lost. It's, it's very uncommon. And most times uh, connection stems from, like you said, like a text or a text or a Snapchat to make sure that it's okay to hang out or call. And um, what I've experienced with texting and Snapchat is, there's so much anxiety involved in texting and Snapchat because there's no immediate response from the other person. Because even if it's one of your best friends and you're texting them, asking to hang out or even just texting them, reaching out, like, have you been? If they don't respond immediately or an hour goes by, two hours goes by, maybe they read it and then don't respond. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, like, do they hate me? Like, or, or like, what's going on? Like, why aren't they responding it, 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 in either way? Your, your brain just automatically fills in these things with anxiety, like just off the default. Like we just go to the worst case scenario. And I think that because these experiences of direct, like I'm here, I want to hang out with you. I'm putting myself in front of you because I care about spending time with you. And then it's an immediate connection because we're trying to connect without actually connecting. It, it's like this weird gray area full of anxiety. So 
it's it's more like a like a request to connect because I wouldn't say it's really connecting. Right. To really have a connection, you need to have a response. And one of the things that I want to touch upon that you just mentioned is yeah. you send a message and two hours go by and you receive a response and that anxiety that begins to build in, like, was it something I said? Like, are they right. upset? Like, is everything okay? And I feel like there's a, with like digital culture now, and things just happening so quickly and spontaneously, like, or not spontaneously, but like immediately. Um, back in my day, it's like, you would write someone a note and then wait days for a response. And I feel like one of the things that's happened and become more commonplace in culture is that people send out a text message and immediately expect a response. You know, your friend, you know, that you messaged, you know, could have been taking a nap. So they're not going to be able to respond if they're taking a nap. Um, or they could be working or they could be going out for a run. You know, there's so many different things that they could be potentially doing that would make it that they would have to wait to be able to respond. And sometimes someone reaches out, you know, and you need more time to be able to respond because you have other things on your mind, you know, and like the time that it takes to really like be fully present to respond, like you just need a little bit more time. So because it's become commonplace to expect an immediate response, I feel like that's also one of the issues that contributes to create, towards creating anxiety while you're waiting for the response. And as you may well know, like I sometimes take days to respond to yeah. messages. And it's not because I don't care. It's just because when I'm doing things, I like to be fully present in whatever I'm doing. And I'm not going to half-ass my time with you. So if I'm spending time with you and someone sends me a message, I'm not going to stop and look at my phone to send this person a message in response unless like it's time sensitive. Right. You know, but most things are not time sensitive. Right. Um, so I feel like depending on how, what your age group is, some people feel more of the sense of, you know, like heightened anxiety towards having to respond because they also feel like they're going to be judged if they take too long to send their response to someone else and how that's going to reflect upon them and how that's going to make them seem, you know? So right. it's, you know, so like in many ways, it's like, it, like, it could come off as you not caring, but it's not right. that you don't care. It's just that you care so much that you want to be able to make the time right. to think about a proper response and, right. and, you know, like just sit with your thoughts and, and right. feelings, whatever it may be. Right. And I mean, it goes even deeper as well, because once you go, because iMessage is one thing and iMessage is a lot better than most other texting mediums, but the new thing that is much more popular uh, among the younger generations is Snapchat. In Snapchat, there's this whole culture and dynamic around responding. So for example, like if I send someone a message or sorry, a Snapchat, they can either choose to open it and not respond leave it and not open it. So like there's a thing called getting left undelivered and getting left on open. So, and also there's a thing with like how, even if you're going to respond to them, there's a thing of like how long it takes you to open it. Because then if they send you a Snapchat and you open it right away and respond, you're considered as thirsty and you're actually supposed to wait like five minutes to open it and then respond in order to make you yourself seem normal and not seem too thirsty and that you want to talk to them too much and all this stuff. So like all of this is just to dynamic to the, the dynamic and all the BS that goes into just trying to connect with someone, you know? And so like it gets lost in all of this anxiety of like, 
oh my God, are they leaving me undelivered? They haven't, they haven't responded to me in a day. Are they leaving me undelivered on purpose? Cause they don't want to talk to me or they left me on open. Oh my gosh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You know, like, or like you just want to fucking talk to someone. And then they're like, you're that's too thirsty because you opened it right away and they waited five minutes, you know, because if they wait five minutes to respond to yours, you're supposed to wait five minutes to respond to theirs or else you're more thirsty. And then like, if they respond right away, then it's okay if you respond right away. But there's all these barriers to just freaking connecting with someone, you know? And um, it's just so sad to see, you know? That's a, you know, you just made me realize um, something that I I wasn't privy to. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, I must be making people feel terrible. (laughs) Well, it's different over iMessage as well, because people, it's different. Snapchats are the whole culture around that. You know, and I have Snapchat. I can't say that I've used it in a couple of years. Um, but now that you you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, you know, like I wonder. Uh, there's so much um, kind of like a what's the best way to describe it? You know, like um, just like etiquette for for message like messaging etiquette, and and I feel like there's nothing that's ever been structured across the board as what's considered appropriate or inappropriate, you know, and this idea of like even responding too promptly and being seen as too thirsty, you know, it's like you, now you can't even be excited about responding immediately to something that lights up your spirit because they're going to look down upon you as being too thirsty or too desperate to be able to, to connect, you know, like, um, which is crazy because this idea of being excited over, communicating with someone and connecting with someone is very much a real thing and now you have to stop and give it five minutes to play it cool so they don't think of you like any less like there's so much more like psychology you have to worry about like and like how people are going to perceive you or what idea they're going to fabricate about what kind of person you are based upon whether you take too long and it's like oh no they take too long to respond they you know, like Xing out this person because they're like mm-hmm. they, they must not care about me, they must not like me because they mm-hmm. take a day to respond to me. Right. And the issue with that is that it doesn't really take into account that people have a lot of other things happening. And sometimes you have a big project that you're working on, or you're spending a day hiking in the middle of the mountains and you don't have cell reception, you know. So this idea of being able to respond immediately um is kind of ludicrous. And realistically, like, if you do want an immediate response, you can pick up the phone and call someone. Yep. But, but that actually is, is people, first of all, very how few did, people. Yeah, how, how's that, how's that perceived in your, in your generation? Like, calling sorry. someone? Yeah. Calling someone. They won't pick up. No so, one. No, no, no. Very rarely will you call someone on a whim or someone that you've met recently. If you call them, very rarely will they ever answer. Because there's too much social anxiety surrounding connecting with someone over the phone that calling is like this antithesis of all that anxiety. Like, oh my gosh, like I can't do that. What? That's that's crazy. So very few people will actually answer a call. And um, also to kind of speak to the instant response thing, the dynamic that that creates. Um, and then we can go back to kind of the phone dynamic. Um, but the 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 instant response expectation results in, you know, the anxiety, the lack of being able to connect because then you've waited a day and now you've been written off or whatever. 
the instant response expectation also results in you have to be on your phone 24 seven in order to interact with others. Because if you're not on your phone and you miss that Snapchat and you don't see it for a day, that's going to cause this huge rift in whatever relationship you're trying to maintain with that person over the, over online. So now, sorry, go ahead. Snapchat delete your messages after a day? No, they stay there, but um, they go away after you open them, read them, and then close them. And you have one opportunity to replay them, but unless you screenshot it, it goes away after you send it. So it's really an app about immediacy. Um, Cause, yes, because it gives you like that, like what you're saying is that it gives you a timed window to be able to fully respond or even be able to reread the message to see, you know, like, did I read that correctly? Like, you know, like what, like, am I missing a detail? Yeah, yes, but I don't, I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to say immediacy to Snapchat because Snapchat is so low vibration in my opinion, as far as like what immediacy really means, that value really is. I don't think it's a, a good comparison to Snapchat. Like, yes, it is about like just back and forth, but what will really happen is like, <clears throat> because it disappears <clears throat> and also, you know, you could be responding to 20 different Snapchats at a time. So it's less... I think immediacy in the way that we understand it requires more presence with what is going on because really what ends up happening is you're responding to 20 different people. You know, you're not present with any one specific of the conversations fully. And then what will actually end up happening is you respond to the message and then you'll, you'll forget what the person said because you've already been responding to so many or it's been too long. So you'll have to like, ask like, wait, what were we, what did you say? What, what happened? What, what did I say? what did I send you to elicit that response from you? So it's just like, not even a conversation. It's so disengaged. It's so like, so like, yes and no. And I don't want to like taint immediacy, what, what it means, at least to me with like saying Snapchat is about immediacy. But um, I just wanted to finish on the, on the immediate response um, text thing. So it requires you to be, constantly on your phone if you want to interact in this online social environment because people expect an immediate response and if not then you know they're going to feel anxiety or whatever and you're not going to be able to string along this connection but what that creates is now in order to so let's say in a younger generation where literally 70 percent of people use snapchat to create friendships <clears throat> develop friendships and you know maintain relationships now it's requiring you to constantly have your phone out responding to snapchats all the time so now when you're in person with people you still have to respond to the snapchats because the snapchats mean more for your social relationships than in-person connection so now you're you're forced into an environment where you have to be on your phone all the time in order to respond to Snapchats, in order to maintain connections with people, because Snapchat responses hold so much more weight than actually speaking to someone face to face. So now you're going to high school with all these people where everybody's on Snapchat constantly trying to maintain this complete BS social environment so that everybody doesn't hate them. And then they're like managing all these dynamics that cause all this anxiety. And then if you try to just talk to someone 
you're both also having to literally spend your time and your focus on this app that is having to like respond to all these things. So one of the things that reconnect focuses on is the environment that these devices create, that it's about how we have just, you know, slowly, slowly, but surely developed, you know, and accepted more of how these, how we use these devices so consistently, how we expect these immediate responses and rather what that's done to us as individuals and more as what it has done to the environment that we all now constantly live in where we're trying to socialize and connect. So that is another aspect where, you know, now we're required to be on our phones 24-7 to connect, but really that's getting in in the way of any in-person connection. Wow. That's a, I didn't realize it was that bad. It's pretty bad. Uh, Most because I guess, I guess it's, there's, there's a reason I stopped using Snapchat. (laughs) I was like, you know, just felt kind of, um, I'm like, this is cute, but, you know, just felt kind of like a, like a waste of time. <laughs> I'm like, yep. I don't need this as like a messaging platform. I have, I have text messages, um, and an actual phone. Um, that's crazy. Um, so is it considered, would you say like in your, in your age group, um, perfectly acceptable and normal that while you're physically hanging out face to face with someone for someone else to just pull up their phone and dig, you know, like into their phone for like five minutes to respond to some messages or something. And, and, and you're just like, okay, cool. I'm just going to sit here and like, do, 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 wait for you to finish, you know, or. Yeah. Except it wouldn't be just do, 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 wait for you to finish. It would be now I pull out my phone. So it would be, they pull out their phone for whatever reason they get sucked in. Then you're like, you don't have the ability to be like, Hey, could you, could you get off your phone right now? So we could talk because then it creates all this shame towards the person that has their phone out. So it's like, it's like, what is it? What you think you're better than me because you want me to get off my phone. It's like, no, nah, man, I just want to connect with you. But it creates this weird dynamic of like, Hey, get off your phone. It's like, you're, you're calling someone out in this weird way. So what would happen is they pull your phone and someone who has social anxiety and wouldn't want to confront someone with the calling them out on their phone. They'd just be like, okay, pull out their phone and then you'd both be on your phone for a little while and then it completely disconnected for however long you guys are both on your phone wow yeah that uh that kind of sucks yeah it does <laughs> and actually also what what happens and what is more common than being <laughs> hello feline um what what is uh what is more common than than being one-on-one with someone and having someone pull out their phone is Mm -hmm. being in a big group setting with a bunch of friends and then a few of your friends get on their phone. So, so this is a much more common example of how they affect it in person. So like, let's say you're hanging out with eight people at any given time, three, one to three to five to seven to eight people could all be on their phones while you're hanging out or just three of them. So so the way that I kind of assess this is like, okay, you're hanging out with eight people, but three people just disappear for a certain period of time. And now you're only interacting with five people. So, and then if you, and then sometimes there's this weird in between where someone will be on their phone completely not present, but still kind of be listening. So then they'll like hear something and they'll kind of like, chip in and then just go back on their phone. So it's kind of like, 
this weird disconnected try but like am i supposed to respond to that am i you're on your phone still so they're like talking to you while they're on their phone so then you're like not really fully talking to them but you're still having a conversation trying to have a conversation and then at the same time at the end of the day what you're losing out is is that person if they never had their phone would be involved fully present in the conversation that everybody's having or whatever activity they're having whether it's playing a game whether it's you know talking about a fun idea of building a treehouse for everybody to you know hang out in one day that person is just now unavailable and so now a certain percentage of the group is just gone like that and it could be for five minutes it could be for 10 minutes it could be for 15 minutes or they could just be checked out for the rest of the night you know it, it it has different variables, but like sleepovers, you know, back when you were having sleepovers, you guys are all hanging out. Sleepovers now are, yeah, we're hanging out for a little bit, but then I'm going to go look at what everybody else is doing and then, you know, go talk to some other people because these people are getting boring or whatever, or or whatever it is. And so there's no, there's no longer, you're no longer forced to be present and connect with the people you're with. Keepers. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of crazy, but I feel like considering how intertwined our lives have become with technology and, and this idea of, you know, like response time um, and trying to connect and connecting, but not really connecting. Um, you know, just thinking about, like, feel like there there needs to be a certain level of uh, digital hygiene or digital etiquette for, you know, that that we can all agree upon. That's considered to be appropriate for for social situations, mm-hmm. and one of the fears that I have right now is that it seems like it's become commonplace and digitally, and you know, like socially acceptable amongst your age group that you will go ahead and consider it to be totally okay and permissible for the person that is in front of you to disconnect from you, to connect with their phone and other people that they're connecting with on whatever superficial or depth level it may be. And uh, and then in return, it creates a like a, like a cyclical loop. So now because the person that you ha- you have over in front of your face is on their phone, you know, it seems like it's, it's it's permissible for you to now pick up your phone and be on your phone too, so that you're both on your phone and it's like a little phone break. Um, and it seems like it maybe isn't so bad when it's just two people, but when it happens to a friend group and now all of a sudden, maybe the one person that was holding the diet, like most of the dialogue for a conversation, you know, like expressing a thought or a feeling. If everyone starts to pull up their phone, you know, and it creates a, a chain reaction. You know, yeah, like you know, generates reaction. Everyone else starts pulling up their phone, and now the one person that was looking to have space held for them so that they could communicate something that they they, they felt strongly about or an idea, um, you know, like it just to me, it just feels so disrespectful to even just like kind of like be listening to a little bit, but not really being fully present and just kind of like chiming in while you're like not even looking up because you're too busy sending, you know, like a, an emoji or something, you know, like, um, and, and I feel like there's a lot of practices or etiquette 
that are considered acceptable as of right now that are realistically not um, conducive towards creating a type of culture that is more respectful and mindful about how limited our time really is. And time that we get to spend face-to-face -face is pretty precious. You know, when, when everyone has something to do and there's so many different things that you could be doing, being able to actually get on someone's calendar or, or spend physical time with someone is very valuable. And now that, that time is being squandered by integrating screen time with FaceTime. Mm -hmm. uh, and back in my day, like the idea of being able to have a conversation the way that we are now in totally different cities, being able to see each other face to face so that you don't have to kind of like guess, like, are they being genuine about the way they feel? Was that right. a sarcastic remark? Like you can clearly see it, you know, like, um, and, you know, like one of the issues that I actually have with, with regular text messaging is that sometimes the tone can be misunderstood. And based upon how proficient someone is that is expressing themselves via, via writing, you know, like, um, and, and how much time they have available. Like, for example, when you have very little time to respond to messages, your answers are going to be, tend to be a little bit shorter and more direct. Yep. And, and even like, I feel like the way that people use punctuation now ends up getting, a, like, encoded with, like, they used a, ver a period at the end. I don't think they like me. Or there's yep. no period. Okay, like, this Spot conversation will continue. So there, there's like more like little things to stress over and it could just be that you know the person is maybe using like siri to to send the voice message because they're driving and they shouldn't be sending you a message right now but because they don't want you to think that they don't care they feel a need to respond right away even though it's not an appropriate time and it's actually dangerous but they're like i, I would hate you know for sean, for sean to think that i don't like him so I, I need to respond right away and you know like i'm using siri and you know like whatever, like, you know, and that now it just gets sent out and, you know, then you get the message and you're like, oh, there's all these periods, you know, like, um, right. they must not want to continue to talk to me and, you know, like, and right. even the tone, you know, like if they're doing, saying something kind of like rushed, you know, it's like the tone and this idea of like what the intonation is and how that gets lost, like you could be sending a kind message, but if the person is feeling somewhat sensitive or if, you know, like they're used to receiving a different like different types of messages, all of a sudden, even though there's nothing wrong with your message that says in any which way that you are unhappy with them or, you know, like whatever the case may be, there's still room for misinterpreting that message and inferring a different tone to that message than what was really intended. Yep. And, and that's one of the things that I actually like about voice notes is that you can mm. leave someone a voice note. And, and I feel like it's not as popular as I would hope it to be because um, I think that people are also afraid of leaving voicemails in someone's phone. Like people yeah, are terrified to call. They're even more terrified to, to leave a voicemail and then well, have a break. Yeah. No one will just, no one uses voicemails. So you don't, you won't, no one will listen to it. So, so check it out. After we hang up and we finish our, our, our meeting today, yeah. give me a call and I'm going to not pick up my call so that you can listen to my voicemail. Okay. And I feel like if you set yourself up the right way, people will be more inclined to leave you a voicemail. Because I actually get a lot of voicemails. Really? Um, and most people that, you know, like whose calls I don't, you know, like pick up, you know, whatever, like, you know, because I'm 
busy and I miss it, um, they will leave me a voicemail. And and sometimes they're really fun messages, you know, like, um, yeah. and, and that's another thing too. Like before, like I used to have friends that would leave me voice messages and they would leave me a little song, you know, like they would play something yeah. or it'd be like something weird, you know, like. Um, Wait, but there can would, we, would, sorry, you know, go ahead. But there would, there would be something fun kind of like associated with it. So it's like, okay. like a playfulness, you know, and I feel like right, like nowadays, like people, play or they flirt you know like via using memes and you know like uh, emojis and you know like different methods but before it's like if you if you kind of like like someone you would leave them a cool message you know so that they would have something to like listen to later on and they could replay and be like ah, that's a cool message you know like or they just right. left me like a bit of a song you know like um right. and and there were nice little surprises kind of like receiving like a, like a handwritten note that is so cool. Wait, can you, can, can I just call you and you hang up so I can put it on the podcast really quick? Uh, yeah, I guess I'd like, um, are you comfortable with that? I think it should work. I was just wondering if it would work, but I think that you could call me right now yeah. and it should just go into my voicemail. Well, um, oh, 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 wait, cause you're on. So just, just hang it up. Let me, let me send it to voicemail. Yeah. Thank you for calling Sessa at Tropical Alchemy. I'm sorry I missed the call. I'm currently either time traveling or rescuing unicorns. Please leave your name, number, and message, and I'll get back to you in a timely fashion. Thank you and have a great day. So, so for me, if I missed your call, it's really because I am just time traveling somewhere else or doing <laughs> magical things like rescuing unicorns. Right. And, um, you know, and this is obviously like the, my my business number too. You know, right. so when clients call me and they get my voicemail, that's what they receive, and they have a good idea of what kind of humor and what kind of person I am. Right. Obviously, I'm not trying too hard here to take myself seriously. Right. Um, you know, and and life is about having fun, and right. you know, when you leave a very cut and dry message, like it's obvious that you missed the call and that you're going to call me back. You know, but there's nothing fun or intriguing about the you know, like the, the message that you receive when you call right. someone, you're going to be less likely to want to create any content as a response, right. you know, but, but if someone's like, all right, well, obviously you're, you're busy time traveling. So, so right. you get back from whatever like dimension you're in. Um, right. I have, I have a unicorn problem that I need some help with. And uh, <laughs> I think he's like stuck somewhere like halfway through the rainbow, but I'm not really sure. Right. So if you want some help, um, you know, like it would be appreciated. You know, it's it's a right. time sensitive uh, call. Then call <laughs> more quickly. That and, is and, awesome. I've had, and I've had lots of people that confess, like I normally don't leave voicemails, but I just felt like I had to. Right. Um, Interesting. So, so finding fun ways, you know, that are easy and simple to also. Right. You know, like. And entice someone to to want to interact using different medias I think is useful you know like sometimes yeah. like I don't know about you but I have um most of my friends addresses saved on my phone book under their contact information right and one of the things that I like to do when I travel is I'll either randomly pick someone from my phone and then just grab a postcard and send them a postcard from wherever I may be. 
Oh, that's awesome. Or, or I, you know, or, or if it's like, you know, a place or something, you know, that I know that would interest someone specifically, then I'll be like, all right, I'm going to address this specifically to this person. Um, okay. But there's, there's nothing more fun. Let me tell you, like, than to then have your friends receive your, your letter or your postcard, you know, a couple like weeks later right? and send right. a picture. And they're like, look what I got in the mail. That is so sick. Um, and it's a fun way to be able to tell people that you are thinking about them and that you find them interesting enough to take the time to jot down a few words on a piece of paper. And it doesn't need to be something super involved. You know, like if you send out a postcard, you can just say, check this out. Wish you were here. Love you. Bye. Right. You know? And it's enough. Like you don't need to send them this like long, you know, like, you know, like letter, you know, that's going to take you a right. full day to write, you know, like you can keep it short and sweet. And it means so much more, I would say, to receive something physical in physical form that's, right. you know, that has like your chicken scratch on it as right. opposed to a digitized message, you know, right. via an app, you know, like something that that's less tangible per se. Right. And, and just looking at the person's handwriting, like you can, like they wrote this, like it, it has this level of, of connection feeling to it. Like, like this was them. They wrote this down. This is their handwriting. Um, okay. Well, I had another question just kind of like, just about this environment and, and how you experience it. So what is it about the environment beforehand that made it different than the present day? Expectations are different. You know, um, before, like, you didn't have the ability to receive such quick responses. Um, and just being able to, like, not, for example, like, have, you know, like, before, like, you would have one landline for an entire household. Now everyone in the household has their own cell phone, you know, like smartphone. Um, and the dynamics between knowing that you're most likely going to run into someone if you if you go to the movie theater or if you go to this park or you're going to go to the roller rink um, would also create like a feeling of excitement. Um, one of the things that was very popular what like who am I going to run into exactly and and you would leave room for that happenstance you know of like what's going to happen who am I going to see there now it's like it feels like most people advertise wh where there will be you know they'll mm -hmm. like put it on their story or you know kind of like be like oh you know like I'm gonna I'm going to this tonight you know so you know if you go to a certain event you might be more likely to see that person there right um but it's taking away a lot of that that spontaneity and that magic of like oh, I'll, I'll just like meet someone. And one of the things that lately had, had made me feel like a little bit nostalgic um, is this idea of just like randomly like having things come into your life as opposed to them being more like scheduled or like you know, like blended, folded in. And I, uh, I was hanging out with a friend of mine and I've never, I've never used a dating app like I've never had a dating profile or anything like that. Um, and I was kind of curious. So like she was, you know, 
scheduling a date and and I was like you know what I've never seen the interface of one of these things like would you mind if I take a peek and she, she showed me her like her her date you know like was that you know she was right. scheduling and uh, after scrolling through some of her 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 matches she's like oh why don't you help me like you know figure out like which ones that, you know to go on dates on you know whatever so I started scrolling to some of them and I'm like oh wow these all suck <laughs> you know and you start just like scrolling through all these profiles and you know, I was seeing some things that I was just like, seriously, you had to put a picture here of you and your ex-girlfriend where you scratch out your ex-girlfriend's face. Like, this is the best photo of you that you could find is one oh where you're together God. and now you need to scratch out her face. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy. Or, or, or people just like writing like such bare, like minimum type things. Um, and then seeing other people really work on this idea of creating a, like a highlight reel of their life and selling themselves. And, you know, like, how do I market myself and advertise myself as as a you know like a good you know like partner to someone else you know like right and we didn't have that growing up so it's like you wanted to go on a date with someone or you'd like someone you would either write them a little note and maybe like slip it into their locker or you know like um leave it on top of their desk or you know like just like straight up like asking like hey you know like I, I was thinking you know like maybe you'd like to go and you know, go to the park with me on Saturday or, you know, go to the roller rink or go to the beach, you right. know, or do, do X, Y, Z and physically be like, hey, you know, I'd like to spend some time with you. Right. And then, um, you know, would it be okay, you know, like, if, if uh, like, you know, like, I have your number, like, can I come by your house? You know, like you would, you would, you right. would to some extent, you know, like if it was someone new that you were trying to, to connect with, you know, like ask before you showed up unannounced their home, you know, that wasn't right. the friend, you know, like, hey, can I come by your house? You know, like, would it be okay? Like, I wouldn't want to upset your mother or your father, you know, like, don't know what, you know, like, um, right. like kind of like, but, uh, you know, like, and I feel like there's less room now for, for people to count on romance as something that is going to happen while you're being fully present, doing something that you really love. Um, or maybe going to a party and like meeting like friends of friends because um, everyone now backs, banks so heavily onto using these apps and, you know, creating these profiles where they're like, yeah, look, I look great. You know, like let's go on a date, you know, like um, and then usually like whatever persona I feel people are choosing to project about how they want to be seen or perceived isn't always the way that they really are. And sometimes you know, based upon some of the conversations that I've had with, with some of my friends are like, oh, I almost got catfished where they're showing you like all these like pictures, but you know, the person really looks nothing like that. Or right. maybe they looked that way 15 years ago and they have since, you know, like lost all their hair or, you know, like, you know, just right. like drastically like in physical form. And another issue that's happening is that now a lot of these things, it's like people just take one look at the photo and they're like, no, not my type, yeah. not my type. You know, it's like, how do you know that this person's not your type if you don't really know what their personality is like? Or what they look like, even. What what their voice is like, yeah. you know, like what their physical, like what their presence is like in person. You know, there's some people I feel like have magnificent person, like like presence when they're in person and they, they demand a lot of attention. And, you know, like you can't help it just be kind of like a, a little bit mesmerized when right. they're in your presence just because of the way that they carry themselves or how they are, you know, and maybe the photos that they put up of themselves weren't the best photos, you know, but now you, you've gone ahead and judged 
a book by its cover, you know, mm-hmm. for lack of a better, you know, analogy to use, and and you're missing out on these opportunities. Right. And so then, I, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so then, so what is it about this present day environment that is different than before? That whole idea of immediacy, for lack of a better word, and I know that for, right. for you know, like when you're part of the burner community, like you, you take that as something differently, but I do feel like people expect more so to have an immediate response for things or within a certain amount of time before they discard you as, oh, they're not interested in me, you know, mm-hmm. like they just don't care or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. Um, and also people are, seems to me like banking more on these unreal connections, you know, and, and there's so many people that I know that have Facebook friends or Instagram friends. And there are people that they may like message with on these digital platforms and, you know, like each other's stories or, or posts and things, um, respond with an emoji when they may have never really like spoken to each other in real life. And one of the things that I've noticed is that sometimes I meet someone at an event, you know, like a, like a daybreaker, for example, you know, you meet someone and you're dancing, you're having a great time. And it's like, oh, I totally dig these vibes. And then it's like, all right, let's stay, let's stay in touch. So, you know, let's become friends. So it's like, all right, we'll become Instagram friends. And then you start following each other. And even though you only met at one party and you like enjoyed each other's company um, and had fun together, enough so to be like, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's exchange social media. And then you start to follow each other. And then, you know, you start to see like, oh, okay, they're into doing these things and doing those things. And you begin to create and develop a relationship with someone that you really don't know, except for how they're choosing to present themselves via social media. So then you start to get the feeling and impression that you actually know this person and feeling closer to this person because um, maybe they, they, they post every day. So you're always like seeing what they're doing, you know, or like, or they're expressing how they're feeling every day. So you're also picking up on that. So you get a, like a, a feeling that you really know and get this person. Um, and maybe you don't post anywhere near as much as this person does. So you get to start to feel like you really know this person because you're seeing all this content that they're producing every day. And it's all very much carefully curated with how they want to be perceived by the world and how they want to perceive themselves and you know uh, how they want to show up. And sometimes people put on a front that's more centered around their ideals and how they would ideally like to be received or perceived when it's not in fact the type of person that they are. So they may talk about how important it is for them to um, like have friends that walk with integrity and, and are honorable people that aren't liars and keep their word. So they don't, they don't ghost you or sell you out last minute and mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. When in reality, they do that all the time. Right. And, yep. and one of the reasons why they kind of like put on this front is because they know that it's not good to, you know, like not be worthy of your word and, you know, like say something that you don't really believe 
but that you're only saying because you want someone else to think or feel a certain way about you, which can also be manipulative. Right. And um, Well, a lot of people have brought this up on the podcast. This is actually probably the most popular topic as far as people, you know, bringing up experiences from social media is this experience where you meet their social media self and then you meet their in-person self and it's two totally different people. And so I think to get to get to the bottom of why that that is such an experience that people really take and they're like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe this happened. This is so weird. Like I met someone over social media. I thought they were this person and then I met them in person and then they were this totally different person. Like to kind of get to the bottom of that, I guess, is like that's that almost proves how not real connecting with someone online is. It's just, it's literally a fake person. It's like, it's a, it's a person that is not real that has been created online. It's the idea of a person. Right. The idea of a person. And then there's a real person behind it trying to make you think that this real person is them. Mm -hmm. They're all doing it just to curate and just because they want to, but it's like, so really when you're interacting online, you're not even interacting with the person. You're interacting with a screen in your hand and you're interacting with this idea of someone, you know, like you said, and that is not how you connect with people. And at least it's not how you actually connect with someone. And the main issue here is that people don't see it that way. I think that most people do think that this is a genuine way of connecting with other people. And, you know, truth and reality is really like, what you make it. And if you believe something, you know, then it's going to be true for you, regardless of how crazy it may be, it may sound or be to someone else. If it's true for you, you're going to believe it. Um, and, and And I think that that's probably the biggest thing. It's like before we didn't get a chance to be able to put on a fake front of who we wanted to be. You just were who you were. You had to be who you were. And, and that's why I feel like there's such a, a fear of picking up the phone. It's like, you don't know what they're going to ask you, what they're going to say to you. And then having to respond. You can't, curate. You can't curate yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, like no one wants to be caught there, like stammering, like, uh, you know, like trying to like fabricate something on the spot. So they're like, no, I'd rather even not engage in having a phone call. And, and it's crazy because. There's, we can all agree that there's nothing more enjoyable than actually being able to share a good laugh with a friend in person, you know, or, or just, you know, just like being, being with people, yep. you know, like it's, we're social creatures by nature. It's like, yep. we crave that connection and interactivity and now we're warping that into something that's inauthentic yep. and more like a conceptual idea than a reality. And we're believing it to be a reality. And nope. we're holding people to those exact standards. Yeah. Which, it's, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, which, but you know, like they don't, and I feel like some people are more aware of the fact that they lead a, a, like a, a misconstrued version of themselves than others. And others generally think and like to make themselves believe that all the bullshit that they're posting online is in fact true. Right. You know, so it's they even believe it. 
you know, like if, if like because I put I put it here, then this means and, and I'm showing this to the world that that has to be true for me. Right. And then they they feel the pressure to live up to their online image. Yeah. I, um, wow. I, I'm honestly I'm a bit blown away with the realization of of the connection between not wanting to call, not wanting to necessarily go on an in-person date, because if you did so you would be making yourself vulnerable to that reality of what if I show up and I'm not as good as my profile? What if I show, what if I show up and I'm, I'm not as good as what, what they already think I am because of my social media or because of whatever. It's like giving in your, all your insecurities an out. Like I actually don't have to face any of my insecurities because I don't even have to engage fully, you know, but that's wild. That is really wild. So um, since, since we're talking about the dynamics between, you know, what things were like before, the environment that existed before and the environment that now exists, when did you first feel a noticeable shift in your experience with the environment? Like, When was the first time you were like, whoa, this is different? Um. It's gradual as well. It was gradual. Like I would say that for me and and like my like immediate like friend group, it it was when uh, MySpace first came about, which uh, you know like predates uh, Facebook, and you know it, it was like this. Uh, it was originally like meant to like also be like more for like music and stuff like that, and then very quickly it just like grew to become like a place for for you to post uh, photos and ideas and, you know, like uh, enable people to leave um, kind of like little notes to you and stuff like that. And before the advent of social media in school, we used to have yearbooks. And so like the, your yearbook was in some ways like your social media. So at right. the end of the school year, you would pass around your yearbook and, you know, all of your friends or your classmates would write you like a little note like oh you know hope you have a great summer you know like or you know like it was really great that one time that we like did xyz and you know uh, so people would share little memories of something that you had maybe experienced together throughout the school year or give you thanks for that time that you helped them study or prepare for something or train um and then you would see like uh you would highlight all of the people that you liked and you were friends with Mm -hmm. in your book and then anyone that wasn't your friend you know would either remain um unmarked or some people that you like this person's no good you just scratch them out dang uh, or, put a, or put a sticker over their face and and you were communicating like you know like uh we're not friends or this person this person's mean or you would draw like a little mustache on their face or something funny yeah. um or, or like little horns or just like write something like liar you know right like, and then someone would come back and write pants on flyer um, right, right, right. And it was it was a bit childish, but you know it's high school. Yeah. And uh, and that's how you knew, like, all right, these like that's how you would show to other people who your friends were. Right. You know, so you would usually start off your yearbook with the uh, the people that you were closest to, so they would get they would get like prime real estate onto being able to uh, write that you know that were available. Um, and then it would start to like you would keep passing it down in order of closest friends and actual relationships that you have and right. then you know to like people that you had in class but you didn't really know you know right. like 
but you still wanted to be friendly. So it's like, okay, here, you can sign my yearbook, you know, like, right. um, and, and I, I think I lost my point a little bit because I got too into the yearbook. Um, so my question was, what, at what point did you, okay. yeah. So, so, so when MySpace finally like, uh, like broke into the scene and you started to have like people leaving all these little notes and, you know, like this is still when the internet was really slow. So sometimes like people would have um, their, their MySpace profile and be boggled down by all this like different stuff that you had, like playing music and doing like photo slideshows and stuff like that. And, um, and you wouldn't even be able to see their profile because it was so boggled down and your internet was so slow that you're like, oh, my internet just sucks. I have yeah. dialogue still, you know, like I can't actually like see any of the stuff. So you'd be kind of right. like waiting to maybe you could go to a different friend's house that had good internet. And then you could finally see like all the, the little videos or Whoa. things that this person had on their profile because it was just right. so like boggled down by by stuff. Yeah. Um, and when MySpace came around, I was in my early 20s and, you know, like it became one of these things where it's like a friend got it and then another friend got it. And, then you know, it's like it starts a chain reaction mm-hmm. and everyone wants to be a part of something. They want to be able to interact and engage and that kind of thing. And not too long after MySpace was around, Facebook entered the scene. And originally, Facebook was something that you used to connect with your friends in college. So, like, MySpace was more, like, kind of, like, you know, like, right after high school, early college. And then Facebook was, like, all right, no, I'm college and, you know, educated and uh, type person. And, you know, I had a like I have a Facebook profile and when I made my Facebook profile is because so many of my classmates were like oh we need to have like Facebook to be able to to connect and you know like do different things and it's like all right we'll find whatever um and I don't really use Facebook whatsoever I don't have the app on my phone mm-hmm. um I'll check it maybe once a year when everyone writes me like a happy birthday note and I'm like, right. oh, thank you thank you for the birthday wishes you know out of politeness but well, what it's was not your a platform. Facebook in college when you first got it? Well, when when Facebook first rolled out to the public, you could only use Facebook if you had um, an email address that ended with an edu, dot edu. So if you're in college, then you could go ahead and have Facebook because you had the right email address to be able to create a profile. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like open necessarily to the general public. So you weren't finding your mom or your grandma or your auntie on Facebook. It was all just your college friends. Right. And, and, um, and that was kind of like the, the norm and, you know, the way that it's set up. And then eventually it started to, it continued to just grow. Right. And then they enabled anyone with any email address to be able to create a profile. And it became, you know, like, just like basic, like everyone has a Facebook profile. And if you didn't have a Facebook profile, you must be hiding something. Cause that's weird. Mm. Even if you didn't plan on engaging on the in the app, you still needed just to have a profile that had your name on it, so that people knew that you were a real person. So, um, even if you didn't engage in the platform, that's so crazy. And uh, and then, like once Facebook exploded, you know, it didn't take too long for a lot of the other social media platforms to also come on the scene. And I remember when WhatsApp, like first. Uh, started to become very popular. It was popular, very popular here in Miami because a lot of people, Miami's known as the capital of Latin America. Mm-hmm. So most of the people that lived there were all born somewhere else. 
you know, right. there's, there's, a, there's a rare small number of people that were actually born and raised in Miami. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's, it's very popular in Miami to have a lot of friends that have a lot of family in Colombia or mm-hmm. Venezuela or, you know, like Cuba and being able to use WhatsApp became a way to cut out the, the telephone companies and this idea of like long distance calls and how expensive they used to be before because you were connecting, you know, like let's say from Miami to Chile or, mm-hmm. you know, to like Russia. And all of a sudden by having WhatsApp, if both people had WhatsApp, you could have a phone call and communicate with someone with and bypass having to pay for, for a costly um, phone connection through AT&T or some other like phone carrier. And a lot of people really embraced it because it gave them an opportunity to be able to connect, you know, for free. And that didn't exist before. And it made it more accessible to stay in touch more frequently because it didn't cost you anything except a little bit of time. Right. So the rise of Facebook and the rise of WhatsApp. So when did you feel this noticeable shift? I want to say that it was probably like about thirteen years ago. Okay, and that would have been twenty ten. That you really started to feel like like a big shift, and everyone's like, you know, we're now we now have digital profiles, and it's not just about existing on your own as a person. You know, it, it was a time also where you had to do like a, a LinkedIn profile. So if you were in school and you were, you know, like studying to be a professional to any extent, you would now have a professional profile so that people could see like what your education and your, you know, like skill set was um, and be able to like apply for jobs and also kind of like show like, oh, look, I'm a real person, it's my skill set. And, you know, people could go ahead and uh, write um, like recommendations or, uh kind of like vouch for you. Like this person does have this skill set, you know, like a lot of people say that they know how to do all these things. Um, And then the reality could be that they're just saying that because they know that that's going to get them the job. But when you have other people vouch for you, you know, via things like LinkedIn being like, no, this person's really great at, you know, like drawing master plans or, you know, like, you know, like these type of drawings using this type of software, then it, it became something that everyone's like, well, I need to embrace this because now, there's the application that gets submitted just via paper, you know, and at one point you, you would have to physically like submit an application and a resume and a portfolio in tactile form. You know, you'd have to you mail things in right. to apply for a job, you know, and then it became like, oh, now you email things. And the second that things began to digitize so much more so and with the advent of social profiles, it's like, well, I'm emailing my information. And just so that you can get a better idea, a better feel of myself, here's my LinkedIn profile. So you can see like more in detail, like some of my other skill set, because I, you know, you want to keep your, your resume up to one page, you know, and maybe there's a lot more stuff that you want to show or share. And it becomes an easy way to be able to be like, oh, look, these are all my extracurricular things that I'm into, um, or other skill sets that, you know, like could potentially also apply to this position, but are not as critical, you know, when you have limited real estate on a page. Right. And, uh, and it felt like a 
with that happening alongside telephones, you know, iPhone, like, you know, smartphones becoming a new norm. Um, and it's exactly about like 12 years ago too, where camera phones became really big. Um, and that was probably one, one of the biggest like shifts is all of a sudden being able to take photos mm. on your phone and being able to send images and communicate with photography was huge. Cause before that, it's like, there was text messages, there was calls and there was emails and, um, if you wanted to take a photo, you would have to either have you like, you know, like a bulky camera on you and then go to have that film developed. Um, and then eventually the digital photography became more of a thing. And mm -hmm. then you had, you had like a, like a little card and whenever your card would get full, you'd go ahead and you'd go into your computer and download all the photos. Um, and, you know, having like a digital DSLR was like, wow, how fancy, you know, like right. people are like, oh yeah, we're moving away from, from print photos to digital photos. And when that started to happen, so between having social media profiles be a way to get help you get jobs and also keep you in touch with like your school friends and then having smartphones, be able to take photos and being able to just like send someone a photo, like, oh, check out where I am you know, yeah. like, um, was huge. Right. So when did you feel it impact your physical experience, you know, like with the people around you, with the world around you, when did you feel that shift that directly close? Um, I want to say it had to have been like around, 2008, 2009, because at that point, everything started to become digitized. And that's around the same time that I, I can recall, like starting to receive more text messages as opposed to just like phone calls. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know other people's phone numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, like I still know a bunch of phone numbers by heart because they haven't changed. Right. Uh, and that used to be the commonplace. Like you would just pick up a phone and call someone. Right. Because you knew their number by heart. Like right. now it's like, good luck if you know your mom's phone number or someone else's. Right. Um, but that's when I, I feel like the biggest change happened. It was, it was just like a, a lot of things happening all simultaneously. And I don't think that they would have been able to be as successful had they not met up at the same point in place and time. Right. Facebook, you know, smartphones, more social medias kind of all came to a point to where, and also I feel like the idea of digital profiles too, is one of the things I heard that would change the game a little bit, because now it's not just you, like you said, just you, it's now me and another entity of myself, whether it's for a job application or whether it's just to socialize with other people now I have another thing to manage that is me, that is apart from me, that is now on the internet. And it's, it's become so commonplace and it's become so, cons you know, constant and, and constantly present that we no longer can really participate effectively in society or in friend groups or in with people, you know, it is perceived that we can no longer do that without a social media or internet presence at all. But I think one of the things that Reconnect is trying to create is like the, the biggest problem 
I think present day with this whole issue of, of feeling disconnected and it feels hopeless. What are we going to do about it? It's kind of like, it can't just be you Sephra that is like, you know what? I'm getting rid of my Facebook. I'm getting rid of my Snapchat. I'm getting rid of my Instagram. And I'm just, you know, I'm only doing in person. If you did that, it would, it would warrant some changes for you for sure. But the, all the world around you is still going to be interacting the same way using digital interaction. And then you're actually just going to lose out on so much socializing because that's now how people socialize. Right. So like the, the reconnect movement is kind of designed for like people who are like you, who are like me, who want to experience more authentic face-to-face interaction without the use of these devices and these apps, but we need other people to do it with us. You know, it has to be a collective of people who want to interact this way. And then you can create an environment where it is not okay to just pull out your phone and then, you know, dip out from the conversation and not give someone the attention of, of their idea. You know, like we were saying, when you're in a big group of people and people just start to go on their phones and you feel not heard or you don't feel connected with, and then to create an environment where all participants are choosing to say no to that in order to say yes to this form of, of interaction. So, you know, I think that I, I, I really, I love talking to people like you who have experienced both sides, who have like seen the environment before and who have seen the environment present day. And I mean, the stories I've heard it makes me a little sad that I never got to experience it, you know, of like the time when it was high school was dropping notes in lockers, asking people on dates and you might find a note in your locker and someone's asking you on a date and then you have to go talk to them. Like that is real connection to me. And that feels more authentic and natural than, than having to, to navigate a bunch of anxiety on, on Snapchat and navigate a bunch of, of, of weird rules over social media and interacting with people, but it's not actually them. You know, it's like that authenticity I think I crave. And I think this generation is starting to crave it because we're feeling the impact of this surface level option of an environment. There's no, there's no, you know, it's this environment has created such, such disconnection. So I just thank you so much for taking the time to, to share your beautiful perspective on, on this, on your experience. And I I really appreciate you speaking uh, um, to this about, about these ideas. Is there anything that you would like to share as a, as a closing statement or just anything that you want to tie a bow on of, of points that we've made today? Um, Yeah, I think that as a collective society, like consciously, we need to, you know, agree as a society to start to make these changes, to really see them implemented and become a part of the daily norm and rectify and make room because there's a lot of good thing that can come with digital technology and like social media and all these different things. And there's a lot of powerful ways that you can share more because of it. And it's given a lot of people that wouldn't otherwise have that platform to express themselves on the larger scale, that ability, you know, before it was only the people that had access to be able to be 
on the news or you know in the media somehow um that that power and now we all have that power and it's and it's it's pretty meaningful to be able to have so many things at our disposal so quickly um however this idea of creating digital etiquette and digital um, hygiene around how we use technology and how we interact with it and what's considered socially acceptable and not acceptable while you're physically like present with someone or even you know like when you send a message you know like how it's something that needs it's a conversation that I feel needs to start to happen more on a grander scale so that we can all kind of get on the same page and agree that this is not serving us and we need to rectify it so conversations like the ones that we are having and groups like the one that you're creating to reconnect for for schools are starting that dialogue and there are a, you know a big feeling that i'm getting now is that it's being rejected well at one point you know society and like and the younger generation was completely absorbing me like yes totally want this this is the way to go everyone's kind of woken up to like whoa, whoa, whoa no no maybe not maybe yeah. not Let's fix it. and and we have the power and ability to be able to fix that right now by being more mindful of how we're using our time and our expectations and the energy that we're putting out there and I feel like there's a lot of good things that can happen at this point, knowing what we know and knowing the reality of, of the things that seem real aren't really always real. But the time that we physically spend together is really real. And you can't just fabricate that. Wow. So, so just connecting more in person, um, making it a point to silence your phone when you are physically with someone and not you know like i feel like a lot of people also have this impulse to constantly like flip their phone to see if they have a new message or a new thing um i advise a lot of people you know and obviously you can do as you as you wish but i don't receive any notifications so regardless of what type of app you message me on or system unless it's my actual like phone and it rings because you called me or you sent me a text message i'm not going to receive a notification that's going to notify me that I have a new message or a new email. And a lot of people don't really think about this and they're, they're always saying yes. It's like, oh, do you wanna receive like, you know, important emails on your phone notifications or, you know, calls or messages or whatever. And people are like, yeah, yeah, I wanna know when someone likes my photo, you know? And this idea of like your phone constantly demanding attention from you is the first step, you know? So being able to be like, you know what? I'm gonna take a step back from the notifications and I'm gonna carve out time during my day you know, and maybe the time that I'm choosing is three o'clock, maybe it's five o'clock, you know, but there's maybe there's a specific time of the day that you're choosing to interact and use for messaging to respond to people or send messages to people um, is important. Because I feel like one of the things that, that I've noticed as of late is that there's an addiction to waking up and sitting on the toilet, doing your morning business and scrolling. And yep. I feel like a lot of people think that by doing so, they're they're actually saving themselves time and they're being very like efficient time-wise. But realistically, you're not even giving yourself the time to poop in peace. Yeah. You know, because you're consuming all this like crap. And you know, like realistically, like, do you really care about what someone posted, you know, like while you're taking a poop? You know, like no. And and some of the things that you end up seeing when you interact with so much media that early in your day can impact the way that you feel and the way that you move through your day in big ways. And yep. one of the things I started doing is I will not open up social media until at the very earliest, 11 o'clock in the morning, 
or noon. No sooner than that. Because right. I feel like any anything earlier than that is just not going to serve me. And realistically, like it's called social media. Like the morning is a good time to be productive. It's a good time to do things for yourself. Right. As opposed to like have all of the attention that you would otherwise begin to focus into your day being demanded by all sorts of things that don't matter. And right. same thing with, you know, before you go to sleep, like I will not go into social media three hours before going to bed because a lot of that stuff now goes into your subconscious and whether you acknowledge it or not, it's going to impact the way that you rest and even the types of dreams that you have. So being mindful of protecting yourself and also be choosing to take the, the action to say, I'm going to distance from this. And I don't need to know what the notifications are. I'm going to wait till this time of the day to do my messaging and do my email or whatever like responses may need to be um, is good. So, you know, life is what you make it. And we actually have more power and control to live a more magical life if we right. enable ourselves to do so. Those are some beautiful words. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It, it's been a joy to speak with you. And, and you have no idea how much joy it brings to my heart to see people like you doing this. It's so desperately needed. And, and I'm glad that, you know, I don't feel like an old fart being like, oh, in the good old days, we would just, you know, hang out. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, and let's bring those good old days back because yeah. they're, still, they're still at our fingertips. They are at our fingertips. And thank you for saying that because it is it is not impossible. And I think that it's such a misconception that we need our phones so bad and we need our social media accounts to be real. But like, it's not, we don't, it's at our fingertips. All we need to do is choose it as a collective. So, um, yeah. I thought we challenge everyone um, that's here in this week to, to either just show up randomly to someone's house that's a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or if you can't show up because you don't actually know their address, um, just call them. Yep. Call them and leave them a message because you Agreed. know they're not going to pick up, right? Just leave them a message and be prepared to be, make it not a boring message, but right. a fun message that they actually keep. And they're like, oh, look, so-and-so just left me the coolest little message. Like, because that's going to make them feel really awesome and special. And like, you really took the time to think about them and care about them. Right. And send them that little gift. Agreed. Agreed. Show up to a friend's house randomly, give them a call randomly. And if they don't pick up and leave voicemail and also send them like a text, like a voice text, you know, like, yeah, like because that might be more likely they'll listen to it because a lot of people don't listen to their voicemail. So you leave like a voice message, just be like, hey, I'm calling. I love you. I want to connect with you, whatever, whatever you want to say to them. Just like, like Seth said, like surprise them, surprise them, surprise them with some love and connection from you. Yes. It goes further than you know. <laughs> all right i thank you so much your perspective has been amazing uh so is yours love and appreciate you dearly and i look forward to seeing you soon yes agree maybe i'll show up to your house randomly <laughs> oh do it that would be awesome <laughs> messaging jenny later jenny what's your address <laughs> yeah, by the way. okay well thank you so much this has come to a close all Until right have a great day you too <laughs> ciao